The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we talked to Deacon Tom Samaray, Director of Family Life and Marriage with the Diocese of Nashville. Your vocation is to get your spouse to heaven. That's, that's, is that, the, that was the purpose of marriage, is that what you would say? That's, that's my homily on every marriage. Tom and Father Gervon give advice on the most important decision. It's the romance stage, which we talk couples. I hope you all are in the romance stage now where you're at. And of course, then you'll have the stage of disillusionment. But then true joy. Up next on Belonging. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stasekull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio, where each week we interview different guests uh, covering different parts of young adult life, whether it be finances or relationships. We're here to start a new journey with you uh, just to cover just about everything we have here. Uh, we're joined each week as we are by Father Gervon, the chaplain of University Catholic and doing just about everything he can at the diocese. Uh, my name is Zach Jansen. I'm a 24-year-old living in Middle Tennessee and here to do this show with you. Uh, we're joined this week by Deacon Tom Samaray, the Director of Family Life and Marriage with the Diocese of Nashville. Uh, Tom, thank you for being here today to talk with us. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So you did a lot with this with the radio station. <laughs> I do, but I really enjoyed the show. You guys have been covering some great topics. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, the uh, audience probably will be discerning the sacrament of holy matrimony at some point. So yeah. thanks for having me on. Yes, yeah. that's that's yeah. you know we always talk about our vocations, mm-hmm. and yeah, like you know matrimony and like I, most of the people who you know listen to us and that's where they're gonna, you know, find their vocation in the, the sacrament of holy matrimony. Exactly. And back in the day, of course, I said it was old, right? <laughs> Before Vatican II, uh, a vocation was only. Uh, uh, concerning itself with uh, priesthood or religious life. Mm. And uh, since Vatican II, finally that's changed because we all have a vocation. And most of us are called to married life. Mm-hmm. Some are called to the priesthood. Some are called to consecrated religious life. And then there's actually a fourth vocation that we don't hear too much about, and that's the vocation of the uh, generous single life. Mm-hmm. And you may know, some of you may know, or some people listening, of people that actually are called to live the generous single life because they have all kinds of opportunities to do things with different organizations and groups. And uh, we haven't really figured out a way how to celebrate the dedicated generous single life, but it is a fourth vocation. That's how I, that's how I look at it. But most of us are called to the sacrament of holy matrimony. I'm lucky to the priesthood. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Well, father, you're about to have a a marriage ceremony here soon in about an hour, I guess, two hours. (laughs) It's funny because people say, father, can you marry me? I said, no, I can't. I'm celibate. You know, know, and it's it's cool because Mm -hmm. matrimony is the only sacrament that the priest doesn't preside over. Really? Yeah, the the bride and groom preside. So the priest is there as a, or the deacon yeah, is there assisting the matrimony. Mm. All other all other sacraments, it's you know the priest or the deacon or the bishop is doing the sacrament. Mm. But matrimony is a sacrament between the wife and the husband, and we are there just to witness. Right. 
the mm. matrimony. So yeah, in a little bit, I'm gonna be part of a wedding ceremony. So somebody's gonna get married. What? So uh, <laughs> let me put you on the spot, Father. Yeah. What, what kind of training did you give this young couple? As well, as actually, that the cool thing is like that one. I haven't done anything, oh. uh, Father. Uh, then I'm gonna celebrate the sacrament. Uh, Father Dan Steiner is the one doing. But you know, if it's just like any any couple in the diocese, we we have a. It's a it's about a six month uh, uh, process, you know. It's not a program; it's a process. So we try to help that couple to get ready for that, you know. Because like, if you talk about priesthood, you are at least eight years in the seminary. You have all kinds of formation. You gotta have all kind of how you do this, and then sometimes with couples getting ready for marriage, sometimes they, you know, we do a retreat here, the couple engage retreat, right. or and they're like, why do I have to do that much? I was like, well, you really, this is, you're going to prepare yourself for the, your whole life. So, you know, normally I do like a five or six plus, you know, three to get married, you know, the engaged couple retreat. Okay. We do about four or five uh, meetings to kind of talk about stuff. Okay. Great. What are some common topics you would discuss, maybe in a, in a, either in a retreat or in the six month, as you said, process? Well, our, we have a one day retreat we do one nine day. times a year at the uh, Catholic Pastoral Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we uh, we begin with uh, Lisa McGovern. She does the Myers Briggs inventory. I don't know if you've taken that or not, but I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. We have time. I'm gonna give you a quiz to see what. See yeah. What the letters are gonna be. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been I, a long I, time. I've done that. Yeah. Have you? Okay. Uh, so we do that, and and then we we do uh, several talks. So we have a married couple come in and do a talk on communication. And we have a talk on um, sacramentality, spirituality, a talk on uh, intimacy and natural family planning, mm-hmm. and a talk on finance. So we have married couples come in and do these talks. And then after each talk, we have a, a small group of uh, the young couples with a married couple as the team uh, uh, leader, if you will, facilitator. And then they talk about the different uh, topics that were discussed. And we have a, we have a booklet that they go through and um kind of journal in there and then we spend about eight hours it's a whole day and they get a certificate of completion too mm-hmm. and if they get married in tennessee it's worth uh, sixty dollars toward their uh, marriage license so they have a discount if they uh, <laughs> yeah, no discount. yeah so they learn a lot from couples who have been there before maybe exactly. married for a long time and communication is a, is a big part of it right, right here all the time and that's the reason we, we kind of start at the beginning because communication runs through all those topics i just mentioned too uh, and if, if, you're, if you're not communicating on on finance on on your sexual life you know uh, on your sacramentality, then then you're just simply not you're not really communicating well, and we we go through what we call a three stage format. It's the romance stage, which we tell couples. I hope you all are in the romance stage now. Where you're at sitting at this <laughs> retreat, yeah. uh, and of course, then you'll have the stage of disillusionment. So mm, what do you mean by that? Comes in, yeah. um, uh, children come along. Uh, all of a sudden, you know your your husband or wife is paying more attention to the child than to you to you as a spouse, and there's some difficult times there. Maybe finances come in too. To, to uh, cause that disillusionment. But then true joy is the third step that we finally uh, get to when we talk about uh, the, the cycle. And I've been married 47 years. Congratulations. And, and, and um, that goes through our lives as well. So mm. the romance stage is, you know, when you get married in the honeymoon stage, then you go through difficulty, uh, but then you come out to true joy. And, and, and the sacrament of holy matrimony gives you that sanctifying grace to get through those tough times. So. Well, speaking of children and kind of where you pay attention, how does that topic discuss either with engaged couples or newly married couples as far as the openness to fertility? To talk about if they're ready to have children or how many or how soon? Mm-hmm. How does that conversation that, go? That's very important communication, obviously. Uh, and, of course, 
you all know that the Catholic Church teaches the, uh, the only method to control your family is NFP, which is natural family planning. Mm-hmm. What's that, Deacon? <laughs> okay. That's a way that you can uh, monitor a wife's fertility uh, monthly, and, and then you can discern when a good time is to, uh, to uh, engage in the marital act or to uh, uh, rub backs and, and, and do different To abstain, I guess, abstain, yeah. Right. Uh, and it's, it's the only way that the Catholic Church understands uh, uh, you to control your family. And as, as you're younger, you might want to postpone having a, a child for a few years. Yeah, it's funny so, because sometimes people say, oh, Father, can you pray for us? Because, you know, we, we really want to have kids. Yeah. And, and I said, have you tried NFP? Right. And it's people like, Father, you're not listening to me? It's like, yes, I heard you. You want to have kids. No, Father, NFP is to not have kids. It's like, no, yeah. <laughs> you have n- no. NFP is how you plan your family. And it's kind of, it's a 99%, yeah. uh, you know, it works. Effectiveness. Yeah. Effectiveness, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, people are like, Father, I want to have kids. Go to NFP and you will know, you know, when your wife is fertile and everything. And it's like, oh, I never thought about this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, Tom, I think you can share a little bit about this too. A lot of times NFP we see as a no, you can do this, you know. <laughs> and if you do that, it's kind of it's going to be it's going to be horrible because it's just going to be like oh this is just this rule but if you see in if nfp as something that is going to unite your family I have some friends you know and, and and he said you know how much more nfp helped me with my wife because now it's not all about sex it's about being intimate in different ways because if we are trying to space kids or whatnot that's how i'm going to be uh, uh, intimate with my wife and not have the, the conjugal act necessary if we are not, you know, ready to have another kid or whatnot. But I think it's a lot of times we just have to stop thinking about it. It's like, a, no, you can't do this. But it's a way to, you know, help you to be intimate with your partner, if your wife, if your husband, in a different way. Right, yeah. That's the beauty of it. You can think of all the ways to show your love other than Absolutely. that and, and And also it's a way, as, as Father mentioned too, to uh, if you'd like to procreate, well, then you know the time it is to, to, do, to do that, to be active, because mm. it works both ways. You know? Yes. And, and if, you, if it doesn't matter to you, you don't need NFP. You don't need anything. Just have a, as many children as you want. That's the point. So you don't have to use NFP. But if you're looking to space your family out, then it's a good thing. And in the past, I've been doing these retreats for many years now. Uh, and we used to get responses back from couples that said, this doesn't belong on this retreat, this whole NFP thing. It was mm. pretty negative. But as the years progressed, nowadays we're getting more more couples want to learn more. And on the retreat, we just give them a sample. Yeah, there was. And, and, and again, the retreat is an eight-day. You cannot. Can you imagine if we go <clears throat> to be a deacon, you prepare for eight, but, eight right. hours? It's just a 20-minute you know, talk. Yeah, you yeah. can't do that. Yeah. You know, it's like the beginning. What I ask with, you know, if I'm preparing a young couple to get married right now is like I want you to get involved with your fiance right now. Right. You know, as a as a as a as a fiance, not as a husband. But you can't expect that the next morning when you get married is like, oh, what is all this right. about? <laughs> you have to get prepared. And it's not something that is the you know, the wife responsibility is both of them responsibility. Mm-hmm. That way it is not like, oh that's you know and it's always sex Family and finances, the three big things about, you know, marriage that people, you know, and that's, you know, I, what I, when I do one of the, one of the meetings, we talk about communication. I said, okay. And I tell them, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to say, one, two, three, and both of you answer the question. Okay. So how many kids? 
And then it's hilarious because like sometimes she said two and then he said like five. <laughs> and they look at you, each other like, what? They never talk about it. wasn't that. discussed before. And then I was like, okay, so when? And then normally the guy's like, now. And then she's like, uh, uh, uh. Years, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and the same thing about like the communication, I think is the big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, sometimes in his house, you don't run the dishwasher until it's 100% full. On her house, you don't run. You run the dishwasher no matter what at the end of the day. Mm. Both are right, mm-hmm. but it's you and you. How are we gonna we gonna do this together now? So I it's that kind of thing. It's like where are you gonna spend Christmas? Mm. And then they yeah. say on my house, and he said my like we can't. So how are we gonna, are we gonna do one year on your house, one year on your house? Mm-hmm. How are we gonna do things? So all that kind of communications is cute, and a lot of the the, the, the marriage go bad because of that. They don't communicate because they assume that everything that I live in my family or whatnot is the right thing to do. She has the same perception. And then they, let's talk about the Compromise. Yeah, yeah, finances, you know. Oh, yeah. Is that one bank account, two bank accounts, three? It doesn't matter. It's not about how many bank accounts. It's about trust. Mm. Sometimes she has one bank account, he has a bank account. When they receive the salary, both transfer the money to the third, you know. So all that kind of stuff that it's part of the marriage prep wow. that needs, you know, and then people are like, oh, my gosh, I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. And then Myers break and they focus inv- inventory right. and all that stuff that is like, and that's what I think, I think, Tony, you can talk a little bit about this is all those things are tools. Yeah. They are not going to determine. It's not a hundred, you know, it's like, it's not like a hundred percent true. It's tools that are going to help you to do this. One of the things that I'm doing with my couples now, that book, the four uh, love languages, love language, mm-hmm. sure. do mm-hmm. this so you know my love yeah. language is this, her love yeah. language is this, so you can communicate with each other. Mm. Yeah, it's so important, especially, actually, the number one, you might guess the number one cause for divorce is, what do you think, Zach? What would you guess? Father mentioned it in, his, in that group. Uh, oh, gosh, I don't know, is it sex or something? Or in no. the family? Finance, finance is money. Finance, finance. Yeah. Finance. finance is the number one cause for most divorces. We had a couple of retreats only maybe two or three that a couple actually left midway through the through the retreat because um, they didn't talk about something and maybe one of them was because he still had a thirty thousand dollars student debt to pay off and the, his fiance had no idea about that wow and that kind of thing comes up yeah so I mean <laughs> you go pay your shit daddy come back I will wait for you or not yeah. <laughs> yeah. well speaking of like so family life and you talk about doing the dishes that's that's one of the joys of, of marriage is finding out how to live together right, yeah. you find out that men and women are very different I don't know about joy but you know, <laughs> one of the things they it's have to work of, out yeah. yeah I think it's compromise it that is. might be a better word yeah, yeah, I think compromise is a better word. I mean, I live with five priests. Sometimes I'm like, dude, come on. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like. <laughs> well, that's true about men and women, too. They, you can't change the person, no. is bottom line. You that is true. Exactly. Just because you get married, you're not going to change that person. That's a misconception of couples. I hear the term missionary dating. You but can't you, do that. Yeah, yeah. You're, ma- you're marrying uh, the other person's family as well. That is, a no- yeah. What I always do is like, okay, I want you to put all the bad things that you feel about your, you know, fiance right now. You know? mm-hmm. And they come back and I said, if he or she doesn't change any of this, would you really still marry her? And it's like, oh, I never thought about that. It was like, yeah, because probably he or she is not going to change this. It's loving the imperfect person. Yes. Uh, yes. One of the things I was too thinking about as we were speaking is, uh, and Father probably runs into this, couples want the destination wedding. Oh, yes. And that's probably one of the biggest things we run into. Can, you can, know? can, I, can I make a confession? Uh-huh. Yeah. I hate weddings. Really? 
Yes. Priests like to do funerals more than weddings. Oh, yeah, the, the dead person doesn't talk. But, <laughs> yeah, right. but let me say this. I don't like Jew weddings. But I think that I hate Jew weddings when they don't know what they're doing. Because we have a lot of weddings that they are getting married because grandmother wants mm-hmm. them to get married. They are wedding, they are, you know, and, and it's funny because, like, the, kind of the same topic, but... Sometimes people would come to me and say, Father, can you baptize my baby? Say, I'll be glad to baptize your baby. And then and I said, do you want mass? Oh, Father, we would love mass with the baptism. That's fine. What mass do you go on weekends? And then you can hear the crickets. Mm-hmm. So why are you baptize your baby if you're not going to live your faith? Wow. Is this just a social thing? So let's work on this first. I would love to baptize your baby on the mass that you come. You remember that screaming kid that ca- that kid is gonna that kid is gonna be baptized today. And I love to do that during mass because the baptism is not you know like I want my private baptism. There's mm-hmm. no such a thing. There's no such a thing as a private sacrament. Mm-hmm. You are part of the church, so it's cool because you know don't you know this when it, you know. Parents, do you want to, you know, raise this kid Catholic? And they say yes. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we ask the godparents. And then I look <clears> to the community and say, how about you, community? Do you want to help these parents to help this kid? And then the community say yes and say, awesome. Mm. Because it's not something about me. And a lot of times, you know, oh, a lot of the a lot of the issues with marriage, I think we'll solve if we do the same thing. What, what mass do you attend? Mm-hmm. Oh, I attend the 11 o'clock. Okay, we're going to do your wedding, you know, yeah, on the yeah. 11 o'clock mass. Yeah. And it will be so cool. One time I was at St. Philip, and we had this wedding on Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I had the 8 o'clock mass next morning. I was shocked that the couple was there for mass. Wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And it's like, it makes sense. Yeah, right. You know, that that's what we do. every in, Even the, the husband wasn't Catholic. But, you know. Every Sunday, we go to the 8.30 Mass. We got married yesterday, but 8.30 Mass is the Mass that our family comes. They were there for the 8.30 yeah, Mass. Wow. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. So those weddings I like to do. But those that have no idea just because my you know, grandmother wants to do or whatnot, it's like, oh, yeah. I don't like those. It's, it's difficult because, you know, sacraments are meant to be done in the church, all the sacraments, yes. and that includes the sacrament of holy matrimony. And I use that term a lot, if you notice. I don't <coughs> say marriage anymore because marriage has been hijacked by society. I mean, wow. The bottom line is, you know, it really has. So when we do the retreats, we try to, I try to get more people to say the sacrament of holy matrimony as opposed to marriage because that's a big difference from what's Yeah, marriage is just the ceremony right there. Matrimony is for the rest it's of your life. Exactly, yeah, and it has a special grace that goes with it as well. Wow, you think, I guess, newlyweds are so excited about what's happening maybe in the first few years. They're just on a, a real high, everything's great. But how, how much of hard work is it? Not people always say that. It's 100%, 100%. No, it, you, it's for, forever is a long time. It's, huh? it's right, yeah. the most important decision you ever make. Right. Huh? And, and Father mentioned, too, you need to be around a good community, too, to support you. And we tell couples, you know, it's not just between the two of you, it's between the two of you and God wow. and the community. And, and I would love to see marriages at masses. I mean, I, yeah, I think that'd that's, be, that'd be that would, I mean, that'd be the greatest thing. The brides will kill me. But I think that's the reason. <laughs> I mean, if we do this, yeah. and it, because a lot of stuff is about the part, you know, how many people, especially like in the Hispanic community, you know, like, oh, it's, I'm not going to get married because I can't do the part. Do the marriage right now. Mm-hmm. You are living in sin because you're living together. Right. Because you don't have the money for the party. Do the wedding. And I think church should do this. Let's do, you know, like a communion wedding, you know. And then Valentine's Day, let's do 
ten seawater couples who can't get married, <coughs> and let's put the party. Tr- mm-hmm. let's, the, the parish can. I mean, some Philip did that a couple of mm-hmm. years. I think they did it every year, and it, it was so cool because like the parish put the party together. Yeah. So there was wow. like fourteen. They had fourteen cakes. Wow! You know, so it was like each couple had their own cake and ever. But it's like, how can we as parish help those people to, you know, put the party together? Hmm. But I mean, the ma- the marriage is not about the party. But yeah. you know, it's like it's community. Yes, yeah. Be married before. It's just because you're waiting for the perfect time to do the party or whatnot. It's like no, that's. <laughs> It's a sacrament, you know. Do you know, Zach, too, uh, in your age group, we're having fewer and fewer, and fewer marriages in the church, actually, which is unfortunate. Mm. Uh, living together. Yeah. Do, 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 what's the sense you get from, from the folks that you hang with in terms of marriage and or uh, cohabitating yeah. several years before time? Or? It, it's, it's pretty interesting. A lot of it is like maybe you want to get out of your parents' house and think, uh, almost like a test run. I've, are there, I've heard the word test drive before. If, <laughs> if you want to see how a car is, maybe you want to drive it first and test it. If you want to see how the relationship is, what marriage is like, maybe you want to test it. And I always thought, what a terrible comparison. Like, But they want to see what it's like first, living with that person and, and being with them. I'll tell you, the saddest thing I ever heard was that after living together for so long, it just basically felt like they were already married mm-hmm. when, when, when the marriage started. Yeah. And I had heard a story once of on the honeymoon, that they'd, they'd already been so used to just, uh, I guess, quote unquote, making love, having sex with each other, that they were too tired for it on the night of their honeymoon. Isn't that, spoiler alert, your marriage is not consummated until you have the conjugal act. Mm. Right. So that wedding but, until they did the first time after the marriage, that marriage is not consummated. I think the bottom line, they want to know what it's like to live with that person first to see if they, they like them. But I always heard, like I said, men and women are, are, are different. Yeah. It's just but, totally different. Yeah. I, 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 don't call me about, you might have a better number. I think it's, isn't it 90% of the people who cohabitate? It's before? not that quite that high, but it's, it's up there. Like 80, 90%. Yeah. I don't, yeah, but it's like, it's, it's very, really yeah. high, yeah. It's unfortunate, yeah. One of the things we do on the uh, retreat is the Myers Briggs test. Father, you know about yeah. that, right? Do you know, I do. Do, do. you know your letters? I do my letters. Hold on, I, I have on my cell phone. This is, a, this is kind of. And Zach, are you familiar with this? I maybe like ten years ago. Have you done it? I don't. I don't remember exactly though. It's kind of fun. It's something that Lisa McGovern does. So we have four letters. So I am an I. SFJ. Wow, what okay, is that? So I'm an introvert. Okay. Okay, and I'm a, I'm an N too. I'm I'm intuitive. I'm a, a feeler, and I'm a. Big judger. So that's my, my four. What's your father? I'm ESTJ. So I'm going to see if Zach can kind of go through this. Just, but but you're an extrovert, Father G. I can tell you that. Well, I well, guess I am. <laughs> so extroverts um, love crowds, and introverts like myself. When I'm with a group of people, like retreats and stuff, I have to go off and and get away because it's too much pressure from people. So, right, so Zach, you, are you an introvert or an extrovert? <sighs> But a little, little bit of both. But I guess I enjoy being around people. Yeah, I'd say extroverted. Right. Intuitive. I'd, I'd probably say N, intuitive, yeah. Okay. So I used to be an ESTP. Wow. And then now I'm ESTJ. Okay. okay. Priesthood change. Not yeah. my judger. More judging. <laughs> it doesn't really mean that. Yes. But, but, but you make decisions. I make decisions based on people's feelings. And I'm very sensitive. When I was... Uh, doing radio and have to have to let someone go. It was hard for me because I feel bad for them, you know. So that's what the judge. Wow. So, just on uh, the spot, it feels like ENFP. Is that you, ENFP. But that's just maybe I take more time to think about yeah. it yeah, later. Yeah, you have to do the test and everything. But yeah, so, yeah. so but, couples yeah, get that before feeling. they come, and then least fun to do. And then couples can see. I've got we've had couples that are exactly the same on all four letters that come in, and we have some that are totally opposite. But yeah. it works. It doesn't matter. 
But it's good to know that your pre- your your spouse's preferences. Yeah, it really is. So you can give, give like you said, her some leeway. Yeah, the, the love language or just what what it is that makes them the way like they are. The, like the love languages we talked about. Yeah, too. yeah. One of the things that Stone did for many years in the diocese is he worked on the vocation office. Right. Yeah, I did. And I remember that on 2010, February of 2010, I uh, contacted Tom for the first time and I said. I actually had sent him an email and never came through the email and then mm-hmm. we called him and he uh we went he went to Cookville to meet with me for the first time of you know, kind of talk a little bit and next morning I came and talked to Bishop Choby at the old pastor center and kind of here I am today, ten years later, you know, so it's amazing, yeah. yeah. And that was uh, you know, and, and a vocation is a calling, you know. God calls you to that vocation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just have to discern what, what what he's calling you to. It's an answer. You don't make uh, it up. Yeah. He, he calls you to it, and that's how you respond. So, wow. I know fa- another. We had a, a Father William Carmona. Yes, was also part of that in Cookville. And of course, he passed away. Yeah. And you know about the uh, uh, on his on his deathbed, how you were there yes, with, uh, he was, with him. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it a little bit before. Yeah, he was I mean, he was uh, he was dying with cancer. He was like stage four cancer, dying. And uh, Bishop Chobi actually flew to. Um, San Antonio and ordained him on a Monday morning. He died on Wednesday morning. So wow. it's a prayer. That's maybe something that we could talk about one other program. But yeah. it was a really powerful experience to see, you know, the whole thing that we always talk about here. Not It's not about what you do, but who you are. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so Zach, are you still discerning a vocation in your life? I do. I, I pray about it every day. I'm, I'm blessed to be in a relationship with a, with a lovely girl and her family. And I just I just pray about it every day and ask for guidance from people who are older than me and have been in my shoes or, like I said, been in a marriage for a long time. And, and have, uh, you know, on the retreats we have couples that have been married long long time, long yeah. term, and some shorter. So we try to balance it, you know, because the median age is probably your age. Yeah, I bet uh, in the mid twenties yeah. later in life too. Yeah, and and I think it's good. We are always discerning our vocation, you yeah. know, like for a priest, the the time that you have your vocation all figured out is when you kneel in front of the bishop and he ordained you a deacon. Mm. At that point, it's like, yes, I have this vocation. The church confirmed this vocation. I accept this vocation, and I'm moving, you know, towards, you know, the diaconate. And then, God willing, in a year or six months later, the priesthood. I think with the, you know, if the uh, marriage life is the same way, you know, you are discerning. You, oh, this girl is gorgeous. You know, it's beautiful. And like, yeah, I like her. She likes me, you know, whatever. But then... It's not until the day of your marriage, you know, that discernment goes on. I mean, I, I had people who, you know, was going to get married on a Saturday and they broke out on Monday, you know. Wow. It was like, I was like, wow, you know, like, and he was like, well, and I, you know. Better then than later. Yeah, yes. that's what I thought. And right. it's like, I don't like it. It's like, well, I know that you don't like it, but that's, it's better now, right. you know, four days before the next morning after you have been married. And it was like, oh, so, wow! I think it's definitely a, a, a daily deci- a choice. Yeah, yeah to, to to love that, for, not just a not just a yeah, feeling. We, we as say love say. is a decision, not a feeling. It's mm-hmm. one of our big sayings, you know. So yeah. it really is a decision, yeah, not a feeling. Yes, to, absolutely. The, the goodwill for that other person to right. want what is best yeah, for try them. To, try, and we tell couples, you know, your your vocation is to get. Your spouse to heaven. That's that's is that the that was the purpose of marriage. Is that what you would that's, say? That's, that's my homily on every marriage. It is so true, and we say it every every weekend we do the retreat. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Yep. And I always say, who's going to be harder for you or for him? <laughs> <laughs> it's always the guy. It's, it's harder yeah. for her to get me at him. Yeah. 
<laughs> they were like, yeah, we got the worst part. Don't worry. Uh, do you have any final thoughts, Tom, yeah, as, as far as like, uh, you know, for uh, asking me to come on board? Uh, it was, it's been it's been great to uh, to work in, in this capacity. Uh, but it's all it's all vocation. I mentioned those four vocations are all critical. Mm. Without one, the, uh, the the world's a little off balance, you know. Uh, but we pray for couples that are struggling, you know, in their marriages as well, too. Uh, it, it's difficult, but we get the grace, and that's why it's done in the church. Yeah, from newlyweds to 25 to, to you approaching 50 years, it's just a lot of joy and just with a person you can't live without. Well, Tom, thank you for being here today to talk about talk about this, the sacrament of holy matrimony, which is a beautiful way uh, how we should be saying it. And thank you to everyone in our listening audience if you're discerning uh, your vocation, as we talked about in the beginning, and just for that, that most important decision you ever make. There's a lot of resources out there uh, with the diocese. They're helping engaged couples and newlyweds and uh, just, just part of marriage preparation, an important decision. Uh, as, as Father gets ready to leave here to preside, to a, a, a wedding here. We say thank you to Father as well for his insight. And uh, remember, you can find our podcast wherever you get your, your podcast set up by searching Belonging for Young Catholic Adults. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio.